Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the top 10 of anything podcast. Let's start the countdown. For every protagonist, you need an antagonist. A few episodes back, we celebrated our top 10 sporting heroes. So it only seems right we now shine a dark light on the sporting villains. They are villains for many different reasons, but they are villains all the same. Here is our own villain, Neil, with 10 sporting villainy facts. Thank you very much, Pav. So what I thought looking into this one is, what did other people think was a sporting villain? And ESPN UK ran a poll to find out who is the greatest sporting villain. So here is their top 10, and we'll see if any of them match up to ours now. So at number 10 was Roy Keane. Man, you cannot be serious! Number 9 was Diego Maradona. Man, you cannot be serious! 8 was David Warner. Man, you cannot be serious! Number seven, Sergio Ramos. Man, you cannot be serious! Number six, Floyd Mayweather. Man, you cannot be serious! <laughs> Number five, Diego Costa. Man, you cannot be serious! Number four, Jose Mourinho. Man, you cannot be serious! Number three, Mike Tyson. Man, you cannot be serious! Number two, Joey Barton. Man, you cannot be serious! And number one, Luis Suarez. And don't call me Shirley. <laughs> as you can see, I did. Um, I, I I didn't do as many uh, sound clips for that one as I have done for various other ones. So uh, it was perfect. All the way. There you go. There you go. Yes, sporting villains. Uh, it's always good to look on the dark side of life. I feel. Mm. So, uh, so no better uh, person to share that with than Neil. He's Hello, got very, he's got a very dark side of his life. <laughs> yeah, um, and also joining us uh, from the FT Lol podcast was that your Alexa going off? <laughs> I think it might have been. I'm really sorry. That's in another room as well. That well, there's the promo clip something... for the episode sorted. That's good. Anyway, we have Jack from the FT Lol podcast. Hello, Jack. How are you? Hello, yes, I'm good. How are you doing? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Now, um, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. Just tell everyone a little bit about what your podcast is all about. 
Uh, it's available on Alexa. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so if you put in uh, Alexa Play for the Love of Lists podcast, it will it will come up. But yeah, basically, our podcast is a little bit like yours. And I think probably when we started, the idea was we will be doing sort of top 10 stuff of of everything, basically, a bit a bit like you guys do, um, which is why the name is For the Love of Lists. But it is mostly, I'd probably say 90% sport. And within that, most of that is, is probably football. But yeah, it's, it's kind of lists, rankings and, and things like that. So yeah, this sort of stuff. So you obviously right enjoy, you, you enjoy a good list then? Because I think everyone enjoys Definitely. dissecting yeah. good lists. So what has been some of the favourite ones that you've had on your podcast? Um, well, quite recently, actually, we've been doing, we've been interviewing a few uh, footballers, which is sort of kind of on a list form, but we're sort of doing the, the best teams that, that they've played with. But we did one recently, the best uh, the top 10 Scottish players to play in the Prem and, and Pat Nevin. I listened that to that one. one. That was that was yeah. a lot of fun. He was good good value to talk to as well. He's, he's very good value, yeah. So that's that's always good when he's been on a couple of times. So that's good. And um, probably another highlight, we did some Christmas ones a couple of years ago. So like Christmas movies, Christmas films. I think you've done a podcast, we, haven't you, on, on yeah. those sort of things as well. And that's always fun to talk about that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Well, we'll put the link to the podcast in the show notes. So please go and have a little Thank listen you, to that. Um, obviously, sporting villains. Now, it can be a little bit um, controversial. Uh, I know that, Jack, you were saying that you thought about one that was a bit controversial. Um, yeah. I, I, I think everything's fair game um, for tonight in regards to sporting villains because there's different kinds of sporting villains mm. I think like Neil and I was talking before we came on air is that like football has got a lot lot in our top tens I think I've got four or five I think you've got about six, six footballers yeah. Neil in your top ten but I think it's, it depends on what you class as a villain whether you class mm. as a villain as what they do on the field of play or whether it's what they do in the comfort of their own home we'll just have to see you know what what and I've got different reasons for why certain ones of mine are uh, in my top 10 but uh, let's you know we can just chat it out can't we so Jack give us your number 10 who's your number 10 sporting villain so my number 10 is Conor McGregor okay very Marmite and I I actually like him but just how he behaves (laughs) in in and out of the ring uh, yeah he's he's got a lot of haters and he's causes a lot of controversy really and I think any any sort of trash talker to that level has got to be some sort of sporting villain and then there's all the other out of the ring stuff that that he's got up to over the years as well so he's he's in for me I remember all that debacle when he attacked the bus, didn't he? Do you remember all that? Throwing the chairs mm. and the yeah, yeah. He's got an he's got a side to him, but he's also very good at his designated sport, or he was. I mean, whether he's still he got it now is one to be seen. Yeah, but and he's someone like that. Is that does does he make a rod for his own back in the fact that I mean, I I can't imagine when he first started fighting, he was mouthy and and confrontational out, out of the ring does that become part of his image so if like he has to do that to sell tickets to make his money and get more fights 
Possibly, but look how much money he has made and tickets he has sold. Like he, he must absolutely love being the. I don't know if pantomime villain is the right word, but in in boxing in UFC, if you do behave like that and become that sort of character, then people just want to pay to see you lose. So mm. yeah, he he probably loves playing up to that character. Yeah, and like mm. you say, his bank account is nice and healthy because of it, isn't it? That's the thing. And it does help, I suppose, that he is he is a good fighter because if he yeah, had all yeah. that mouth and trousers, if you like, and then went out and, and, yeah. and lost every fight, he's not going to get those same... It doesn't matter how controversial you are, you're not going to get many fights if you end up losing. So you've got to back it up. Yeah. And that's one thing that he does, doesn't he? I mean, he's... A, Absolutely, he does. Yeah, he really does, doesn't he? He's a mean old fucker. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> uh, go on then, Neil. You're number nine. Uh, sorry, no, you're number ten. Oh, <laughs> right. Can, yeah. Alexa. So, um, it's Lance Armstrong. Now, I don't particularly He's my follow, number three, by the way. Yeah, I don't particularly follow cycling or the, the Tour de France or anything like that. But I did, I did enjoy reading about his magnificent downfall and what villainous thing he was. So it was obviously the doping scandal, the fact that he was the seven-time Tour de France uh, uh, titles that he'd won and you know, having them all stripped for his doping scandals, losing it all and being a downright shitbag. Is that all right to call him a shit bag? Yeah. I think, I think yeah. Right, you know? See, I was, th- I was, because th- he's very high in my top ten. But it's with, it's it's a double edged sword with Lance Armstrong because, like, if you look at him from a sporting point of view, yeah, cheat. He's just a cheat. He and is. The reason that he got as successful as he was because he cheated. Mm. But at the same time, the money that he's raised for cancer research. Yeah, well, that's a double-edged sword, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. It is a double-edged sword. But he's raised millions for cancer research, which is money that wouldn't have been raised before. But would you say the same about the Leeds Hospital and a certain radio presenter? Well... I, I, well, oh shit! Yeah, they, I, don't I, don't, I don't think they're the same level. Yeah, I no, don't, I know, I don't think you can equate Lance Armstrong with Jimmy Savile. I no, really no, you can't. You can. And the crimes, of course, you can't. But the what you said about oh, we're having a bit of a debate here. Oh, we are, um, we are. Um, but what you said about all the money he's raised, you know, it's the same thing with Jimmy Savile I mean if you think about if you were to put the money that he raised in his day into today's terms it's millions and millions and millions it is but, but I think it, I think it's completely different I think it's I think he raised that money to to cleanse himself for the wrongdoings that he was doing whereas but that's why he Lance, got away with Lance so Armstrong, much Lance Armstrong genuinely had cancer didn't he that's the well thing. he did he lost a ball yeah yeah and so I think it got to the point where he got to a position where he had to win and he mm. wanted to keep winning. So he cheated to do that, but raising millions and millions for cancer. That's where I'm thinking of myself. I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got my number three, so he's high in my top 10 mm. as a sporting villain. Well, for the pure cheating, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but you have to say that he's, he's raised millions for, can- for, for cancer charities. So um, I don't know, Jack, what do you That's think? The, uh, yeah. Jack, come on. You can have the yeah. you, can, you, you can have the casting vote on this. So no, he's he's definitely a villain because I think he's put. So certainly when I was growing up, I I didn't know anything about cycling. I, I don't really other than because Britain have done well in the Olympics and stuff. But mm. Tour de France wise, he sort of put them on the map. But he's put them on the map in a 
bad way, really. If if mm. people have only seen cycling because of him, then they find out that he is in this token scandal and stuff. It's kind of, uh, what's the word? Put the sport into disrepute. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like I say, he's number three, and so he's he's very close to being my number one sporting villain. So mm. I do have that. But there is that caveat of the... <clears throat> I can't believe you equated him to Jimmy Savile. I didn't though. equate I mean, that him is, personally. But the argument I had is they both raised millions for good causes. They did. Oh, you can't get away from that. Yeah. Well, I, was, I mean, for God's sake, we don't need to poll that. It's Jimmy Savile, <laughs> hands down. But he's still, even through his crimes, your argument stands, he still helped a lot of children and young adults that he hadn't <laughs> tried to abuse for his own cause. They still got the help that he raised the money for. You know, there's still a wing at the Leeds Hospital that he built by the money he raised. It's still there. They haven't demolished it because, you know, so it's a, it's a real double-edged sword and it's a hard one. I'm not justifying what Jimmy Savile did. The guy should be dug up, shot and reburied um, <laughs> and dug up hung and reburied you know we should you know but you can't now then now then now then come on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay well a controversial start anyway yeah. let's say that anyway controversial start uh my number 10 is a villain only in my eyes uh and it's the snooker player steve davis Right, because when he was at his top, at his pomp, I was a massive, as you would have known from the sporting heroes. Alex Higgins was my hero as a snooker player, and Steve Davis would always win, and he'd always have that ice cold Steve Davis, and nothing seemed to fluster him, and he was like a machine, and he just really pissed me off because every time you wanted Alex Higgins to win, this you know exciting flamboyant doing things that no other person could do. Yeah, Steve Davis would come in, a boring Steve Davis would Steve come in. And it was just like, I I just hated the man. I really did because he just, he was like, he was this, this, this obstruction that stopped Alex Higgins from like winning everything. And I know Alex Higgins probably wouldn't have won everything because he had his own demons and, and mm. stuff like that. But, but yeah, he was definitely somebody during the sort of 80s, I suppose, yeah, 80s was his main sort of time, wasn't it? And probably early 90s, um, that he just ruled the roost and mm. like everybody tended to play second fiddle. To How do you Davis. feel about Steve Davis now? I got, I, you know, I want him to be dug up and buried again. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I, I don't really sort of care about him either way, to be honest. And sorry, Steve, if you're listening. You know, I mean, you're. A, Did you're you know nice he's guy. actually quite a popular DJ now? I have heard that. What? Yeah, I yeah, genuinely, he goes to clubs and DJs. He'd be the last person I'd have down as that. Well, we all did. Steve Boring <laughs> Davis. Yeah, we all had that. But there yeah. you go. If I can find some footage of him doing his DJ, and I shall put it in the video playlist for the Patreons, and we'll put that in there on the video playlist. Uh, right then, Jack, you're number nine, please. So my number nine is very much a pantomime villain, John McEnroe. That's my He's my number, number three. That's my number eight. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's it's weird because now he's very much oh, I don't know if it's universally loved, but people people like him now on on the tennis pundit and stuff. But certainly, from what I understand, the first tennis player that really, you know had all these tantrums started 
shouting at umpires and, and causing arguments and stuff. And tennis has always been kind of a, a gentlemanly sport and he just completely, yeah, just didn't care about any of that. And just did his own stuff. So I think he's just the, the bad boy, isn't he? He was. I always remember watching tennis with my grandmother, um, bless her, back in the days of McEnroe. And he became my villain, a very big villain for me, because my my grandmother detested him. Mm. Said he should be banned from Wimbledon, never be allowed to play. Mm. He's bringing disrespect. And for years... That's the only insight I'd had on the guy, watching him having these tantrums with my grandmother and that, and then thinking he was just a complete and utter asshole. I've now grown to love watching those tantrums. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, I probably, if I was this age now and what I know now back then, I'd actually think I'd enjoy the tantrums, even though it was very disrespectful and the way he spoke to the ref and everything, yeah. And he certainly was a villain of his time. Yeah. Absolutely he was. With a video where I grab that, man, you cannot be serious. That audio, I'll put that, I'll put that in the uh, in the video yeah. playlist. But that is like that is quintessential McEnroe at his worst. Yeah, totally. And then so yeah, much so that I mean, Jack, you're probably too young to remember. Not the nine o'clock news. Can you remember not the nine o'clock news? Oh, no, they did. Face. They did yeah. an amazing. Um, Griff Reese Jones did an amazing sketch taking the piss out of John mm. McEnroe. Whereas uh, mum's made him breakfast and the egg wasn't runny enough. So he's like, you cannot be serious. You're the pits of the earth. I'll put that in the video playlist as well. Yeah. That's really funny. But um, I actually saw John, Jack, I saw John McEnroe literally last month. Oh, where was that? Playing guitar for Pearl Jam. There you go. <laughs> he came out on stage when I went to see Pearl Jam. It was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. But there we go. He's left-handed as well. He's a left-handed guitar player. Yeah. There you go, see? There you yeah. go. And also, the reason John McEnroe's in my top 10 is the same reason for Steve Davis, is that I was a massive Jimmy Connors fan. Oh, and John yeah. McEnroe would always beat Jimmy Connors, and it would piss me off. So mm. he was another reason to hate him. Um, but he wore a headband, so he was quite cool with that, wasn't he? He did. Uh, right then, Neil, you're number nine, please. Don't dislike me for this, Jack, but it's Thierry Henry. <laughs> <laughs> For obvious reasons, not only that I'm yeah. a Spurs fan, obviously let's that one let's that one moment. Is it going to be that one moment? We're going to talk about what they the press and the, uh, and everybody called the hand of frog, and it was wrong, wasn't it? Which stopped uh, the Republic of Ireland qualifying um, into the 2010 World Cup. Was it 2010? 2010 yeah, it must yeah. Have been, yeah. And uh, it was cheating. We've we've spoken about cheating, and it was cheating. And I thought more of well, no, I didn't because he's an Arsenal player. It was an Arsenal player. <laughs> <laughs> but it was wrong. And I don't like that level of cheating. And to be fair, I'd speak up if one of our players had done the same thing of that. Um, but would you off, Neil? Probably. Would you off? Uh, after a while. Would you after a while. After a while, you do, don't you? When you grow, you know, when they've left the club, you still have his stature up there. Um, but it was, it was, it was cheating. And that's all. I don't want to upset Jack anymore. No, I was going to say, as as an Arsenal fan, Jack, how did you feel? Well, I'm I'm an Ireland fan as well. Oh, shit. (laughs) Oh, right. So you must have been annoyed then. (laughs) And at that point, he wasn't playing for Arsenal either. He was playing for Barcelona. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think the abuse he got was, was deserved, really. And it was a bit of a weird situation to be in I guess if you support mm. Arsenal and, and Ireland but yeah it was definitely 
wrong for that. Um, and yeah, just shouldn't have done it. But yeah, weirdly, I I don't really have any footballers on mine because oh, I just think cheating is almost a part of the game. Whereas yeah. in other sports, it's probably a bit more disgraceful when it happens. Mm-hmm. But do you not think cheating's become more of a part of the game now and more accepted than what it used to be? We, I mean, it was up in arms. I mean, we remember full well, and I'm sure he'll come up and he was on the other ESPN list, is Maradona. I mm. mean, you know, there was universal... Well, I mean, in England, and it was, you know, absolute uproar about it whereas now you, you probably I mean where it would be bad it, we'd move on quick from it yeah you know, I think we only move on quick because I mean I've said it so many times is that every, even players that play for Liverpool every footballer is a cheat yeah because there is so much money involved now if they get a little tap they're going to go over they'll do what they can to, you know, roll around as if they've been shot and it's it's embedded in them now. It's part of their their footballing DNA. Whereas the reason that the Maradona thing stuck out was because it was like a isolated incident. Mm, yeah. Now people are people are falling down or people are trying to get a cheating advantage in every game. It doesn't yeah. matter whether it's a team you support or a team you hate. And that is the one thing I think I hate about modern football is the fact that people and you understand why they're doing it because mm-hmm. there's jobs involved and money involved and lots of money involved but it really really pisses me off yeah you know and when it's something as blatant as as what Thierry Henry did and that wasn't really about money that was just to get your team to the world cup i i you you tend to sort of think well how can you how can you stand there and and hold your head up when you've done so and he is a legend he's probably one of the he is one of the greatest players to play in the Premier League without absolutely a even I'll even I'll say that yeah. he, um, he really was but it, it but like I say even players that I love my number nine the next one I'm going to mention they're cheats or they're just vicious and they, it's just to get an advantage so yeah that's a good one that is a good one so my number nine I think was number one on your ESPN list I think it was Luis Suarez. It was number one. Yeah. yeah, as a Liverpool player, one of the greatest strikers we've ever had. So exciting to watch, but just an, had an evil side to him. You know, he bit I think two players while playing for Liverpool. He bit um, the Italian player in the World Cup, and then it's the whole thing of like holding his teeth, like, like oh, what, you know, you hurt my teeth by putting your yeah. shoulder in the way. And then also, I think it wasn't the same game, but it was a game in the same World Cup, wasn't it? When he handballed the ball and got sent off. Hmm. Yeah. So, and, and then they missed the penalty didn't they? as well. Yeah, so they missed that was the penalty. Even more. Yeah. And, it, and and I can remember watching that thinking, what an horrible shit, what an evil, horrible person. And then he signed for Liverpool and all of a sudden he was like a hero. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he was amazing. Yeah. And what a fantastic player. And then as soon as he left, Oh, a horrible shit! What a horrible bloke! Yeah, but yeah, he was one of those guys that I think when he's playing for you and scoring goals, he's amazing. But just had a horrible, horrible side to him, you know. Just a real, and I don't know whether it's a South American thing because they're renowned for you know, look at Neymar when he rolls after an, uh, an injury or something, he rolls twenty times, and that was a whole meme, wasn't it? Where he was. Mm doing that whole thing it's just ridiculous I don't understand why people do it because you watch even footage from 20 years ago 
people just got had a tackle and got back up. They didn't, mm. you know, if Roy Keane and people like that, I mean, as much as I'm not a Man United fan, they're just getting into tackles and just like brushing themselves off and getting up and, and that's it. That's it. It's over and done with. Well, it used to be a proper contact sport, didn't it? Of not in it the is, sense of yeah. like, it was a contact sport and it's not anymore. No, it definitely isn't. Uh, okay, then, Jack, your number eight, please. Uh, yeah, so speaking of cheats, oh, Ben Johnson. Oh, uh, that's my number four. Yeah, I mean, the the uh, the 88 final, you could tell he was cheating from his eyes. Mm. Oh, they, were, <laughs> they were like yellow, he looked like an alien. And I mean, it, I suppose the size of him as well kind of gave the game away a little bit. And yeah, he, he'd been cheating for years. I think it, it sort of went back that he'd been cheating for about seven or eight years before that final. And then I think a journalist asking to, to give a message to like young aspiring athletes out there and he said, don't cheat, you will get caught. And then five years later, when his band's up, he gets caught again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then banned for life. So he obviously didn't listen to his own advice. And that's probably the most famous uh, like disqualification in in Olympic history, I think. Because mm. he mm. broke the world record, didn't he? Did he break, he did, the, yeah. he broke the world record? Yeah. 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 But I think I could have if I was taking those substances as well. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, putting that out there. Yeah. yeah. If anyone wants to dope me up and send me off to the Olympics. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like that... a Patreon episode, that one. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I think it was um, it was all around that like, Carl Lewis and Linford Christie were all That's around right. at that same sort of time, weren't they? But didn't didn't Linford Christie get done for some kind of drug thing? Or am I thinking that that wasn't? Yeah, five, five or six of them in that race got done at one point or another in yeah. their career. Oh, did for, they? For yeah. And the thing is, so that was think... the argument or something. That yeah, they must they anyway, must all but... know that they're doing it, so that, that they think that well, I've got to do it, otherwise I'm just never going to win. Mm. Sort of like keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I think I was the same as you, Jack. When you saw him and just saw how muscly he was, he looked way bigger than anybody else, didn't he? He, 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 did. was, he was He was like a, a, a weightlifter. He was like... He was like packed. a badly packed sausage, wasn't he? <laughs> it's like a badly packed... Yeah. You could put it that way, Neil, if you want. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you about the eyes. He definitely didn't look human if you want to put it like that he, there was something he was away he was away <laughs> he was having fun wasn't he uh right then neil your number eight please there's not a lot else if people know this guy you'll know why joey barton yeah. need i say more the guys i nearly said the c word then yeah come on neil yeah i very only saved that dropped... for special occasions yeah i nearly dropped it but He's just, he was a dick on the pitch. He was a dick off the pitch. Read all his exploits. The bloke should have been banned from football years ago. You know, literally, when he was a player, he should have been taken out of the sport. Horrible person. There you are. That's all I've got to say about him. He went him. to prison, didn't he? And then he and still he, played mm. for like five or six more years when he came out. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we, we, you know, we've got other footballers that just lose their careers and he never seemed to do it. I mean, he's made a Teflon, isn't he? Obviously, because the shit never seemed to stick on him. And he's Rovers manager now, isn't he? He is. And I just, I still to this day, I can't bear the guy. Cannot bear him. Prick. There you go. <laughs> 
Uh, and then he, he famously was speaking in with a French accent when he was playing for Marseille, was it? I think he was playing oh, for, he yeah. did the old, um, oh God, he what's did. his name? The, oh, who's the man? Steve the man, McLaren. Like, Steve McLaren, that's right. And yeah, he's just one of the, he's just one of those guys that's got a charmed life, obviously has. Mm. Um, I don't like him. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put him in my top 10 because he is a, he is a dick. Really and to be is. honest, if there's anybody that deserves to be called the C word, I think Joey Barton's one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we won't do it. We'll save that no, for another day. <laughs> no, no. I mean, Very he wasn't a particularly so. great footballer either, was he? I don't think. No, I don't ever understand the career he had because he it, never, to me, he never did anything amazing. Or no, and it seemed every time it was a, it was a game that had something on it. Look at it was the Man City QPR game it was when he headbutted Aguero, I think, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, and he got sent off. But yeah, he always seems to have a good uh, have a job. So mm. what can you do? Uh, my number eight was John McEnroe, so we've already spoken about him. So, Jack, back with you for number seven, please. Uh, so it's, it's a bit like Ben Johnson. It's Marion Jones. So a similar right. story. She won a lot of gold medals at the Olympics and was sort of, I think it's Sydney in 2001 and sort of came out of that as one of the stars. And... I think there's quite a few years of rumours about her doping and it's weird. She I think she was married to someone else that was got done for drugs and then she went out with someone else that got done for drugs and her coach was like riddled with that history of doing that and I think she lied under oath as well and said she, she hadn't done anything and, and then it all came out in the wash. She had to give up her her medals and yeah, just a real scandal. And then I think she's had other stuff as well, like uh, she got done for fraud and, and things like that as well, like out of mm. out of the track. And yeah, just just the fa- I think the fact that she she lied under oath about it as well probably just knocks her up a little bit over Ben Johnson. Probably not as high profile actually, but yeah, I feel like it's just a little bit worse. She was like the female version of Carl Lewis, wasn't she? Because wasn't she like yeah. a long jumper or something like that, or a high jumper as yeah, well? Yeah, that's she? why she would have won three goals, yeah, because she would yeah. have done a few different type of events. Yeah, she was like USA's darling, wasn't she? And then it was just all mm. come tumbling down. Yeah, I do sort of vaguely remember her. She was sort of winning it absolutely everything, and then it just all... But again, you get to a certain level, and you feel like you have to keep it at a certain level, and... We'll do anything for it, and it ruins. Oh, I don't understand it. I, I maybe I'm just not of that men, mentality that you feel that to be a winner, you've got to do things like that. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but you're not a winner, are you? Like you must. Thank you. That's very, that's very, kind, very kind of you, Jack. No, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Fuck you too. If you if you're doing if you're doing like drugs and stuff like that like is that really a winning mentality because you're you're admitting that you can't do it on your own that is true that That is true maybe it's the desperation of not of not not winning anymore and Mm. you know you don't know what kind of um, things the coaches are saying what kind of influence they've got on you and that the outside pressures as well that's on them not justifying it but. No, that's be, right. Absolutely. I just want to make a note. Never have Jack back. I'm just putting on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, send, I'll send my co-host next time. Oh, no, Jack. I'm only joking, mate. You're not the first person to call me a loser and you're not the last. So don't worry about it. 
Um, my number seven. Um, well, you're not going to uh, ask me mine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Neil. You See, threw Jack's, him, Jack. You've upset him. He's not going to oh, no. ask then, us anymore. It's Go on, Neil. You're number nine. No, sorry, uh, you're number, number seven. seven. <laughs> Fucking hell. So this is a pantomime villain. I don't even know whether Jack would know this guy. It's from my childhood. It's a wrestling villain. It's Giant Haystack. Hey, Giant Haystack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was the scary one when we were younger watching the wrestling. We all booed him. We all hated him. He's probably an absolutely lovely guy in real life. But his persona in wrestling, and I remember it so well, watching the world of sport and him coming on, and it was the giant haystacks and Big Daddy fight. Oh, we all loved Big Daddy, didn't we? Yeah, we all just, wanted giant haystacks. Just for our American listeners, this isn't your kind of wrestling. This is, oh, this is, this is British wrestling. A lot this better. Is, yeah, this is um, like really overweight uh, British men in their 40s and 50s. Just Wearing banging, banging bellies together. And uh, yeah, that's that's what British wrestling was. But all he about. was the one that when he walked out, the whole crowd booed. You know, because yeah. it was the pantomime. But obviously, I I won't say how old I was. I can't even remember how old I would have been. Probably when he was out. But we were there watching the TV, black and white. It would have been. It would have been sort of seventies, eighties, wouldn't it? Yeah, Easy. yeah. And it was a booing time. And he was, he was, he was the villain of the time, was. wasn't he? On that, yes. he really was. So, but he was a huge man. I mean, I don't know quite how tall he was. I don't think he was an Andre the Giant sized person, but no. he was as wide as he was tall. He was huge, huge. Yeah, yeah. I'll Check put on. The, I'll, I'll put some clips on the video playlist. You'll see. You'll see. And if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously you'll see a picture of him uh, when Neil said Giant Haystacks. But yes. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a mighty fine but man. What a childhood villain. What a childhood <laughs> villain, indeed. Done? Done. Okay, my number seven um, is along the same lines as Joey Barton, um, Vinnie Jones. Uh, famous for grabbing Paul Gascoigne's uh, tackle, that sort of thing that made him, um, and talking to tackles, that was the only thing he really sort of could do. And if you look at some of the, the footage from the 90s I mean he was just he was vicious he was vicious yeah I think he, he it was because of the lack of skill that he had that the first thing he knew he could do was just to run through a player mm. that's what that's all he could do um, ver, part of the very famous uh, Wimbledon team of the sort of 80s and 90s um, and I can always remember it. I don't know what TV show he was on but he was interviewing Charlton Heston the famous Hollywood actor while he was still being a footballer, and he was saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to star in a film, I'm, and Charlton Heston has no idea who this knobhead is that's trying to interview him. And obviously he was talking about Lockstock and Two Smoking mm. Barrels, which then gave him a whole brand new career. And I have to admit, there's a couple of his films that I quite like. Snatch, I think, is a good film. I mean, he basically plays the same character. He's one role. Yeah, isn't he? yeah he's the same character in every movie. Uh, their version of Mean Machine was quite good, mm. uh, I think. But... Uh, but I think he's got to go in there just because I don't think... And he even managed, he played for Wales as well. He even managed to play for a country. Well, he couldn't play for England, could he? he? <laughs> I would have loved to have seen him play for England. That would have been so funny. Yeah. You know, they're playing Maradona and he just... Well, it wouldn't have been Maradona then, would it, I suppose? But um, yeah, It might have been. Just. Not for long, though, would it? He'd no. Smack the shit out of him. Uh, yeah, so that's my number seven. So, Jack, your number six, please. My number six. Now, for this one, 
he's he's not your typical villain, but he's got a lot of, I suppose, haters is the word. He's hated on quite a lot. LeBron James. Okay. Okay. So he's he's probably one of the most criticised athletes in the world. He had a lot of hype, which he's more than lived up to. Um, and yeah, it's weird. He's he's actually you know there's he's not done anything majorly wrong really. The one scandal he's had is uh, when he left his boyhood club, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. He sort of made a whole TV drama about it. I think it was called Decision, and he he did like a press conference, and yeah, he basically went to the Miami Heat to team up with a load of. Uh, superstars make a super team and I think basketball has been that way ever since like people just joining up now and ruining the the competitiveness of the league but yeah he's he's not your typical villain because Mm. he hasn't got any uh, major character flaws really but just the amount of abuse that he gets and people just don't like him really probably because he's so good Mm. or he starred in Space Jam (laughs) 2 Well, I mean, he doesn't help himself because he likes to be compared to Michael Jordan. He wears the same number as him. Yeah. And he just can't quite live up to that. And I've not I've not seen Space Jam 2, but from what I hear, it's nowhere near as good as the original. So that's Apparently probably just not. another thing he's not quite mm. managed to live up to Michael Jordan on. But then he also moved to the Lakers as well and did exactly the same thing where he, he joined with a few other sort of superstars and I think they won the I think they won the championship the first year. They did, yeah. But again, he's not like he's not gonna live up to Kobe Bryant out there, like that's that's impossible. Um Exactly. So he's yeah, so he's not like he's not a bad guy like a lot of these people on the list, but just very I guess he gets more hate online than probably all of these people mm. he was pretty good in train wreck though although he did just play himself but he was pretty good in train wreck I, I think who, who starred in that that's uh, Amy Schumer and uh, yes, Bill I've Hader. seen that one yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but he just played himself yeah. so it wasn't it wasn't a massive stretch for him I'm sure but yeah yeah Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, okay then, Neil, your number six then, please. So it's another footballer, I'm afraid, but it's one that Pav might join forces with me and say, actually, I agree with this. It's Paul Scholes. Okay, why? Because of the way he used to tackle... Oh, right. And, is how that he, yeah. <laughs> and how he never ended putting anybody in hospital. Right, okay. He was, uh, I mean, he got sent off enough times. And he always did that. He used to annoy me if we ever played him. He was the one person that would score a goal when you never thought it was on. And suddenly he'd kick it and in it go. But oh, it was his tackling. I used to watch it with dread. And I used to think one day he's going to go right all the way through in that tackle and somebody's going to have a serious injury. He really didn't give a shit. Oh no, he, yeah, he wasn't. A, he he wasn't a tackler, was he? No, I mean, he kept doing it though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Paul Scholes, there you go. And it used to it wound <laughs> okay. me up. It literally, no, that is the reason why I put him as a villain because he really did used to wind me up watching him. Yeah. Um, I mean, I used to, uh, I lived with a Man United supporter and that, and they could see no wrong, but it used to wind me up so badly. I'm not taking away. He was he, even though he played for Man United, he was a good footballer. He was a great footballer, but he just had no ability to tackle. That's fair enough. I mean, look, I've, I've as much as I hate Manchester United, I've got no Manchester United players or anyone in my sporting villains top ten. Mainly because if it had been eleven, I would have just put all eleven Man United players as yeah. a thing. But but there's no point in doing that. Weird thing is, I've got a couple of Liverpool players in my. But we'll we'll get on to that. Yeah, Scholes was just a he was a, a I can't I can't say quality player because he was Man United. I can't get it out. I can't. He, he was. He was do not get into an argument about him with, with Man United fans because I think they've got him on a pedestal as crazy. Yeah, good they stuff. do. They do, Jack. And this is the problem. Well, you know, Ollie, don't you? Um, yes. Him, yeah. yeah. So he. Yes. He, we, I, I went on his podcast and we did a, a top fifty players of, of the noughties and he, he has skulls over Zidane, so mm. that's the kind of uh, deludedness. Sorry, Ollie, the <laughs> <laughs> Man United fans have on him, but it's it's weird because like he never used to do interviews when no. he was a player, mm. and yet now he's always on. BT Sport and stuff. Yeah, the it's, pundit. It's but, weird that he's a pundit now. Yeah, then to be fair, he's a bit like Roy Keane. He won't he won't sugarcoat stuff if it's if it's Man United. Mm. You know, he won't he won't kiss ass the players of Man United. He if he thinks that they're doing badly, he'll he'll you know really put them through the ringer, which I think is is really it's interesting to hear because I always think they're like especially like Gary Neville and all that, they're all the sort of the class of 92 and they all stick together. And 
it's it's always nice and he he's like I say like Roy Keane I hated Roy Keane as a player but as a pundit I think he's one of the top pundits because he'll say it exactly how it is yeah. and he doesn't give a shit if people don't like what he says he'll just say it and if it means it upsets a few people in the hierarchy of the club that he used to love or that he does love so be it you know but um yeah, still Man United. I just, I'm sorry, sorry, Ollie, but I just, I just can't. I, I, I love speaking to Ollie just so that I can keep playing the Aguero moment for him. Um, any, any choice that I get, there was a, a, a tweet that he put out earlier on about something, and for some, I can't remember what, how I did it, but I still put the Aguero moment <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a, as a, as a, an answer. Uh, he didn't like me for that, but there you go. Love you, Ollie. Uh, okay, so my number six. Uh, again, someone that is a legend in the sport that they were in, um, but a couple of moments make him a villain, and that's Mike Tyson. Oh, that's um, my number five. He's my number four. Okay. Yeah, he was in my Sporting Heroes, and he's also in my Sporting Villains. Exactly, exactly. That sums up quite well for him, I think, to be in by. I mean, there's, there's no, for me, there's no better boxer. I think he was the total package when it came to a boxer. Just no frills, get in there, do the job, get out. But when he started losing his power, if you like, he resorted to things like biting someone's ear off, you know, yeah. and then also the stuff that he got up to out of the ring. Um, and I think when we said on the Sporting Heroes, we said that a lot of the Sporting Heroes that I love have got that streak of of badness in them, you know, that mm. that, that, that streak of rogueness in them. Um, sometimes it's a thing that makes you draw yourself towards them as opposed to someone like Steve Davis, if you like. He was just goes there, does the job, goes home, drinks a glass of milk, goes to bed. And I don't know if he drinks a glass of milk before he goes to bed. I don't know. I've never been there. I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> you could imagine yeah. that he did. But Mike Tyson was dangerous. Uh, but the trouble is he was also dangerous out of the ring as well as in the ring. So yeah. you know, what, what about you guys, Jack? Yeah, so, I mean, it's... It's, uh, Holyfield's the one where everyone kind of remembers his in the ring stuff but I think there's a few fights where he got disqualified for different things and he so many press conferences I can remember him like starting fights before and I know it does happen but it seemed to happen like every fight with him mm-hmm. and he just kind of he probably lived up to the baddest man on the planet title that, that he had for a bit really and yeah, it's it's weird. I, I really like Mike Tyson. He's always one of my favourite ever boxers, but mm. you can't deny he's a he's yeah. a proper villain. He is, and, and like Pav said, the, the stuff that went on outside of the ring, there's just no justification, is it? There's nothing mm. to say, but it was bad and wrong, and he is a villain in that sense. But I think it was from the uh, Holyfield fight that everything went down shit creek, didn't it? Yeah. It yeah, really I mean, did. I think it started with Buster Douglas when he he lost there because he wasn't in a good place. I think then was no, it? but, but that the, was the actual, start of the decline. But it was, and then the press got on board with the ear bite, and it just everything went really down for him. Mm. But yeah, you can't take away what a great boxer he was, but also what a great villain he is. Yeah, mm. totally agree. Uh, so that was my number six. So Jack, your number five, then please. Number five, so he's still playing now, Nick Kyrgios. Yeah, he was close I, to mine. I don't think I've actively disliked a tennis player like this before. <laughs> it's just, oh, just everything about him. Like, I mean, 
the Wimbledon final, he, he got to the final. He was winning points and he was still moaning about stuff. And mm. what was it about saying the women's had like 700 drinks in the crowd? And I don't know, there's just something not right with him mentally, I think. And unlike McEnroe, McEnroe at least won quite a few Grand Slams and, you know, he let, he didn't let that get in the way of his game. Kyrgios is almost a villain to himself, really. Yeah. He's his biggest enemy because on the grass, arguably he's the best in the world, better than Djokovic, but he's not got the mental game at all for that. So he's his own worst enemy. Mm. Mm. I yeah. think the weird thing about it was like, I, I got, I've started listening to talk sport a lot and especially uh, White, and, jo- White and Jordan. <laughs> yes, White and Jordan. I love the fact that they have arguments with each other and stuff. But during Wimbledon, they all kept asking, saying, well, surely Wimbledon are going to fine him because it wasn't just one match. It'd be one match, then the next match he'd start. And it almost felt like Wimbledon were loving it because it made Wimbledon relevant. People were talking about Wimbledon again. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't just about the tennis. It was the fact that there was something, um, not necessarily ne- negative, but there was something a bit juicy to watch because, uh, as we've said, Neil, about um, sporting heroes, a lot of sport doesn't have characters anymore. Oh. Football doesn't have characters anymore. Snooker, I think, definitely doesn't have the characters in it that he used to. So when you've mm. got somebody there that is just fighting back against the establishment and shouting out about things... It, it becomes more of a shock. The same as when John McEnroe did it back in the 70s and 80s because nobody did it back then. And nobody seems to do it now. But then Nick Kyrgios comes around and but he gets to the final as well. And like you say, mm. I think he beat himself. I don't think Djokovic beat him. I think he beat himself. And he, he comes he across as a moaner. He's got, an excuse. Spoil, yeah, spoil he's got well. an excuse for everything but himself as you say something puts him off something's this something's that if you listen to it's always something else you can't say oh i played a bit crap today it's something else it's this it's that that's put me off and i don't like that sort of sportsmanship where it's everything else but Mm. him and yeah especially when it's a one-on-one sport like Mm. you've you've got to take responsibility at that point yeah sure you're right I remember there's this footage of him uh, in a tournament in America and he has to go at Ben Stiller, doesn't he? Have you seen that? Ben Stiller no, made some comment and, and Kyrgios is about to serve and he sort of looks back up at him and he says, well, when I want sort of um, you to talk to me about acting, he said, I'll listen. So I had a go at Ben Stiller. I know, isn't it? I think, fucking hell, what's the point? But yeah. that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. I mean, he, I, I think he is like the he's the present day McEnroe isn't he, he like, trying yeah. to be trying to but be. he hasn't got yeah. the personality to me no. and I don't think he's got the game to back it up either I no. think he no. if he just played the game and not wor- and not give out so much you know energy in that he, he would win competitions and I think you're exactly right Jack McEnroe had the tournaments and the Grand Slams to back it up mm. but you look a bit foolish if you're doing it and you're not winning anything that's that's the yeah. trouble um, okay, Neil, uh, you said Mike Tyson for your number five. Uh, my number five, Neil, you've already mentioned him, and it is Diego Maradona. And it's Which is only my number two. Your number two. My number two. I was smack bang in my secondary school years when all this went on. Mm. I'll let you carry on. I was just going to say, it's only for, I mean, it's, it's 
it's the hand of God, and obviously in the, was it the following World Cup or the World Cup after that, yeah, uh, was the drugs. Yeah, the drugs. Yeah. Apart from that, for me, he's one of the greatest players ever to play football. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough when England played uh, Argentina in nineteen. 81 I think it was and he was only a young pup but I, what I saw him live and he and he almost did the the Maradona goal that he scored against England that night and the ball just went past the post it was unbelievable it was one of the things thinking who the hell's this and just you know even if I was like 12 13 or something but I don't think there'll ever be a player like Maradona the fact that he was just I mean I suppose Messi is sort of the same yeah kind of but short. I mean- Squat, amazing balance, but the stuff. Just watching him for Napoli warming up when he's dancing with the football and he's just like bouncing off his shoulders and stuff. It's just he made it look, made the game look so easy. Um, but he had his demons. That's the trouble. Oh, didn't and, he just and just that handball. You see the photograph of it, which I'll I will put up on the on the YouTube without a shadow of a doubt. But it was also in the middle of the whole Falklands War as well, and and he never ever felt yeah, guilty. He yeah. never felt guilty about that. It was it was to him. It was God that helped them win against us uh, you know, because of the Falklands War. So, but Steve Hodge was happy about it because he made some like two or oh, three God. million on that shirt, didn't he? I think yeah. it was about seven million, wasn't it? Was it no? seven million? Something like yeah. I mean, someone was laughing about that, and it was Steve Hodge without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> Uh, I but, think the real villain's Peter Shilton though, because how are you getting out jumped by Maradona? <laughs> that's true. I mean, four. you're right, but then when you look at the photograph and Maradona's hand is another like two feet above his head, you're absolutely right because I mean, I this sacrilege. I never rated Peter Shilton as a goalkeeper. I'm not really sure. He had his he had his mistakes for England, didn't he? Like in the, he, that free kick for Ger- against yeah, Germany as well. He did, and he never seemed to say. I've never seen him save a penalty. No, his penalty records just yeah. I think he there was something that said basically he would wait for the ball to actually yeah. move and then absolutely absolutely right. <laughs> Matter of times, his penalty saving was just him standing in the middle of the goal. And watching the ball go past him. That's that he never used to move. <laughs> ever. It's crazy. Uh but Neil, go on. You had him at number two. Yeah, well, it literally was for the cheating and then the subsequent drugs and uh, out of that, you know, it's the fall from grace that basically you become one of the most celebrated and greatest players in the world, becoming one of the, the most hated players in the world. And I'm afraid that tarnished his ability. I mean, you speak to the kids of my generation, you know, that the, the grow well still now, and you speak to them. Then, if you you list great footballers, he, he very rarely comes up on my generation's list anymore because of that cheat. And he should, yeah. you know, when you listen to Gary Lineker say that the England squad watched him warming up and kicking that ball so high in the air and coming straight back down, and he kick it straight back up again, and they all went back to the England camp and tried it, and not one of them could do it. it tells you the talent he had. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was literally that the cheating and that it's it's despicable, isn't it? It was then, it is now. Indeed. Uh, so that was my number five, uh, Jack. Your number four was Mike Tyson. Uh, so Neil, your number four, please. 
So this is an ex-Tottenham player who did the one thing we knew he had to be sold, but the one thing he went is to Arsenal. Legend. Sold, sold Campbell. So I, I, I write his soul before you even finished yeah. and said his name. It was, it was the. I mean, it upset every one of the Tottenham fans. I mean, you probably loved it, Jack. Jack's you? laughing his head off. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a shock to all of his fans, and then for such a beloved player to Tottenham to do that to his own fans. I mean, it was a shocker. I mean, how would you have felt if Kenny Dalglish had gone to Man United in those circumstances? The difference is that he wouldn't know Neil, would he? Well, we never thought <laughs> Whereas, Sol Campbell would, but that's I what know, I'm but how he, would you he feel? wanted to win things, didn't he, Neil? I mean, to be honest, yeah. you know, to be fair. He wanted to win the Premier League at White Hart Lane. Yeah. But no, it is, it's true. I mean, it's the same thing. It, it just that it's that loyalty to the club, the the one thing. And and yeah, it smarted for a while. It really did. But he was a legend for you though, Jack, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean the as you all know, Neil, he was a top player. And was. I think, was it, it was Barcelona and Inter Milan and, and all that. Ev- everyone was after him anyway because he was out mm. of contract. And to be honest, if I was him, I, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen Arsenal if he had his pick of clubs. I would have maybe gone to like Real Madrid or something like that. But yeah, he he's made the right choice. Mm. <laughs> and then he ended but, up at Notts County. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with yeah. Sven Goran Eriksson of all people. Mm. God, you imagine that. Is that it for Sol Campbell, Neil? Do you want to say? Well, that? It just leaves a bit of taste <laughs> in my mouth. No, it really does. But yeah, it literally is. You take any of your most beloved players and put it in the same situation. It, it's just a bit of respect to the fans that got you to where you were originally. And then we haven't got a problem with you moving on, but don't go to your most, you know, your your rivals, your most heated rivals. Don't go. Don't do it. I agree with you, Neil. Totally agree. You know, that's really Um, spitting in the eyes of the people that loved you. That really was. Money, money and trophies talk though, don't they, Neil? That's the thing. Well, Obviously, but you don't. I haven't seen it since as as passionate as that. Uh, you just nah. hold your horses and wait, Neil. You just hold your horses <laughs> and wait. I might have one for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see a little bit later on. Okay. Uh, my number four was Ben Johnson. So we've already spoken about that. So, Jack, your number three, please. My number three is Floyd Mayweather, who I think is the ultimate pantomime villain. And he absolutely loves it, and he wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. Uh, but, it's a persona with him, though, isn't it? Rather than yeah, uh, he. I mean, he is uh, obviously a, a class boxer, but it's it's a fairly boring style that he has, and also he's a lot better than most of his opponents. So he shouldn't he shouldn't really sell the amount of tickets and pay per views and stuff that he does, but he does because everyone pays the money to to want him to lose mm. and he's really cashed in on that and and made a load of money by doing that but yeah I mean I he's one of the few fighters where I would stay up until like 5am and mm. and watch rather than kind of watch it the day after because yeah I mean at that time I was intrigued to see if anyone could beat Merva as well and uh, yeah, I wanted it to happen, actually. Even though I quite like boxers that trash talk, like my favourite ever boxer is Roy Jones. And right. 
he did a lot of that and a lot mm. of stuff in the ring but he was a bit more exciting I suppose but yeah I mean he's maybe outside the rings had his demons as well he's had quite a few sort of assault charges and some of the sort of degrading stuff he said about Pacquiao and, and some of his opponents and you know he brings kind of race and other things into it quite a lot and yeah some of it's definitely to sell tickets but yeah he's he is a bit of a wrong one as well mm. would you say that Mayweather is pain for pain like the best fighter there's ever been no no but he's up there yeah and the other but question not, not the best if you had the money that he had would you get loads of it in cash and take photos of yourself with it all like he does and like all the jewellery and put it on like social media it's impossible to say because I've never <laughs> money. money does crazy things to people. So yeah, I just I don't know, I, I don't know whether but I would. I probably like... would be doing bets like he does because he he loves a bet and he, it's just because he's just playing with house money, isn't he? So I yeah. probably would do that, but no, I I don't think I'd be uh, flashing it the way that he does. Wouldn't be all blinged. I know that Neil for a fact he'd be all blinged up. He'd have the old. Grill in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd be like a pimp, wouldn't you, Neil? You'd I would. I would. <laughs> I'd wear a big fur coat and a massive hat and walk around with a cane. <laughs> or on another day, I'd just have a monocle and a top hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. That would be you, indeed, that would. Uh, right, Neil. So, number three, you said John McEnroe. Yeah. Uh, number three, I said Lance Armstrong. Arm- Armstrong? <laughs> Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Uh, so, Jack, we're back to you with your number two, please. So, I don't have any footballers on the list, but I do have Seth Blatter. Okay, that's okay, fair enough. Yeah, that fair is fair enough. enough. So, I think corruption really just sums it up. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if they're all a little bit like that, but he's obviously did a lot of bad stuff. And these last two World Cups, going to Russia and Qatar, were just riddled in bribery fraud money laundering and things like that um there's been a little bit of like sexual assault claims and stuff coming out as well and yeah you just these things it's kind of been going on for years as well it seems to happen like the, the claims come out and they're still in power for quite a few years and then finally i don't know it just gets too much and the whole scandal all comes out and they have to be removed from their position I suppose but yeah what what he's done to FIFA and their reputation is they're going to struggle to come back from that mm. I think he and um, Michel Platini just got cleared for one particular charge didn't they but um, I think you're right I think it was rife all the way through the, 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 the system wasn't it of like jobs for the boys and you scratch my back and I'll scratch yours kind of thing um, yeah. and then that bleeds down bleeds down mm-hmm. from the top and, and everybody's looking for that little bit of extra money uh, for favours and God knows what that's a good one I didn't even think of, of set no nor did I but it's a great choice that is a good one um, right Neil you said Maradona for number two I did uh, my number two goes a little bit like your soul Campbell uh, Neil um, can I this... guess go on Torres no. Oh, right. God, no. Nothing wrong with Torres. No. Uh, who was that, Jack? Is it Sterling? Not Sterling. No. It's someone who could have been a Liverpool legend uh, and decided to to go. I think it was Real Madrid to start with, but ended up at Man United. It's fucking Michael Owen. Uh, 
Uh-oh. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. I'm yeah, sorry, okay. but but somebody that now when he's he's commentating on Liverpool games will say we all the time. No, 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 no. If you're going to go to United, you've got no right to say mm. we when you're talking about Liverpool. You could have been up there with Dalglish and Keegan and Rush and Fowler and people like that. But you decided you wanted to go off and fair play. You want to go off and, and, and better yourself at Real Madrid, which is fine. And then I feel sorry for the fact that he got lots of injuries, decided to come back to Newcastle, but then to go to United, I I, I had no, one of the, my favorite things is seeing his face when Aguero scores that goal and he can't believe that they've lost the league. Um, and I've got no time for the guy now. I won't listen to him when he's talking, when he's giving it. I would rather listen to Paul Scholes and, and Roy Keane because you know that they are they are United players because they wanted to be United players. Someone like Michael Owen, I've got no respect for at all. And it was very close to him being my number one sporting villain. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the fact that I think he feels that he is like Liverpool royalty. And he's he forg- he foregoed all of those kind of privileges as far as I'm concerned. And I love the fact that when Stephen Gerrard like called him out on it as well, because um, I, I think Michael Owen says, I can't remember what it was he said, but Stephen Gerrard said sort of like, you know, well, if I played for Man United, I'd feel like that as well. You know, he sort of like really sort of wound him up about it. That's all I've got to say about that. To be honest, <laughs> I could go on for ages about Michael Owen. He exactly. really me off. And he's a very boring commentator. Christ, is that man boring? But, you know, like I say, I don't really listen to... I'm quite glad I haven't got BT Sport because I wouldn't want to listen to him droning on about stuff anyway. But it's just when I see clips and he says we, like the Royal mm. We for Liverpool, and I think you've got no right. You've got no right to say that. It's just not. It's just not right. Uh, okay, before we announce our number ones, uh, Jack, if you want to give us your countdown from number ten to number two, please, and then Neil will do the same. At number ten, I've got Conor McGregor. Number nine, John McEnroe. Number eight, Ben Johnson. Number seven, Marion Jones. Number six, LeBron James. Number five, Nick Kyrgios. Number four, Mike Tyson. Number three, Floyd Mayweather, and number two, Seth Blatter. Thank you. And Neil, your 10 to 2? So number 10, Lance Armstrong. Number nine, Thierry Henry. Sorry, Jack. Uh, number eight, Joey Barton. Number seven, Giant Haystack. Number six, Paul Scholes. Number five, Mike Tyson. Number four, Sol Campbell. Number three, John McEnroe. Number two, Maradona. Thank you. And said really fast again, Neil, thank you very much for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep you on your toes. Thank you. Uh, I'm feeling sorry for the people who are watching it on YouTube with all these pictures are just going to go whizzing by really It's quickly. like subliminal messages. Yes. They'll be waking up and going, like Clockwork Orange. They're going to have to have like, their eyes burst open with drops put in. Uh, mine is number 10, Steve Davis. Number 9, Louis Suarez. 8, John McEnroe. 7, Vinnie Jones. 6, Mike Tyson. 5, Diego Maradona. Four, Ben Johnson, three, Lance Armstrong, and two, the shit, Michael Owen. So, Jack, what is your number one sporting villain? My number one sporting villain is Lance Armstrong. Yeah, It's like like the, the fairy tale, and then you find out there's like a hidden meaning behind it, which is bad. Mm. And that's that's kind of what it was. His story was, I don't know, just it was so uh, blinged up to be, you know, this 
man that overcame everything, which he did, but you know, with with the help of performance enhancing drugs and mm. I get the argument about the the research and stuff, but yeah, I just think in a way it's it's sometimes even worse. He's kind of used his disease almost uh, as an excuse maybe in his head mm. to to kind of justify it. No, I absolutely see that. Yeah, I absolutely see that. Um, that's a good one, you know. It is. It's just, he's, he, uh, he sort of like highlights what it is to be, you know, he, he is the incarnate of um, a cheat. Mm, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on then, Neil, you're number one. So it's John Fashionu. And uh, this John really... Fashionu? Yeah. yeah. I, with him, he's the real hard man of that Wimbledon team. Vinny but, Jones just got sent out to do his dirty yeah. work, really. But it's the fact of his whole attitude, the way he broke Gary Mabbott's um, skull and eye socket. Ah, it was literally right. disgusting. Okay, now but I But the see. fact is that then I watched that documentary about Wimbledon and he bragged about it on there still. Oh, really? He did. And I thought anybody that causes that sort of physical harm to somebody and then brags about it, is a complete and utter arse villain to me. He is, honestly, I just, I can't bear the blood. I have to, he's like you with Michael Owen. I have to switch him off. You know, it's not just because he broke Gary Mabbitt's skull and eye socket, and that was nasty what he did. I mean, he mm. came down yeah, with yeah. purpose to do that. I mean, he was nasty to a lot of other players on that Wimbledon pitch, but it's the fact that he brags about it now. And I don't like that at all. That really sits uncomfortable for me. So the fact, and I hated him on Gladiators as well. I was going to say, so you never saw an episode of Gladiators? because I did, but I, I used to hate him. I He just used to wind me up, you know, and, and then I saw... So something... you never used to run around going, Ooga! No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Oh, but that is literally God. why, you know, since he did that, well, so that was 93, 94 season, he did that to Gary Mabbott. I've not been able to bear the guy since, but he's made it even worse for me. He's just instilled that I don't like him and he is a complete villainous piece of shit. It's the fact that he was bragging about it on a documentary. Well, there you go. I never would have put that as your number one, but there you go. Mm. I don't but like that's that. That's a good chart, right? Have you ever seen um, SAS Who Dares Wins before? Oh, yeah, I saw him on that, yeah. So he was exactly the same on that. Like mm. He just couldn't control his temper no really he, he nearly choked somebody out on it yeah yeah another celeb when they had to do this wrestling thing he got him in a uh, an arm hold or i think it was or whatever, however it was and they had to get him off he was going to make the guy pass out mm. well I've i'll tell you what that happened on that show before mm. but yeah it's going to be worth thing. being a patreon subscriber for the video playlist for this episode i'll tell you because <laughs> yeah. there's going to be some meaty stuff yeah, that I'm going to put together for this one. That's for sure. I'll find the, uh, I'll find the Gary Mabbott challenge, and I'll find it when he tries to choke someone out on. Yeah, who dares? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, my number one uh, is quite a, a recent development. This one, but it's the the Live Tour golfers. I'm going to have oh, as yeah. my uh, as my sporting yeah. villains. Um, they can they can tart it up as much as they like and say that they disagree with. The things that I mean, we don't get political here, but obviously it's all done by the Saudis. Um, 
and they'll say that they don't agree, especially like, I, mean, I love Phil Mickelson as a golfer. I think he's I, one of my favourite golfers. But the fact he will, in one breath, um, denounce all the things that the Saudis have, have been accused of doing while pocketing $150 million of their money mm. to go and play in a in a on a tour that basically has no real merit with the fact that everybody is getting millions anyway. Um, they're just going out for a, a nice game of golf and it doesn't really matter who wins uh, because they're all getting paid amazing amounts of money just to be there. This is a prime example of greed. It is a prime example of greed. Now, I can understand if you're a young golfer at the start of your journey because there's no guarantees, you know. So if, say, Live Golf come up to you and say, look, come and join our tour for 20 million, they're going to do it. I understand that. But for some of these players that have that that golf has given them this platform, if you like, or given them this way of life where they've earned millions already, and you've you've got to stand up and cheer for people like Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods apparently has been offered $800 million to join that Live Golf Tour, and he's turned around and said no. Now, obviously, he's a man that is worth probably $500, $600 million anyway, so he doesn't need the money. But he said it's the principle of the thing with the history of the PGA and the history of golf. The Live Tour hasn't got that. And all they're doing is chucking money at it. And I, I just find it, I, f- I just find it abhorrent, really. And I find it just really uncomfortable that that, they're, that the Saudis are trying to wipe clean their record just by chucking money at things, you know. And I, and and it's a shame because I think they're going to get more and more golfers. Um, uh, Cameron, what's his name? The guy, the guy that just won the Open. I can't remember what his last name is, but apparently he's going to go for like 80 million, a hundred million dollars. They've already got Bryson DeChambeau. They got Dustin Johnson. They've got a lot of like big players already. And it's just going to, and, and a lot of things I, I enjoy watching golf. And I just think it's going to be sad that it's going to be split up like that. So uh, yeah, they're my number one without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, right. We got some honorable mentions. Jack, you said you had a couple more honorable mentions. Who have you got? Yeah, Suarez was one actually, um, just because of how he is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. Uh, and oh, I'm going to say it, but I won't go into it. OJ Simpson. No, I think no, understandable. I think it's a valid one to to go because he was a guy that was a hero to millions. Mm. To absolute millions, um, I, th- I I mean I didn't even think of OJ Simpson, but he's somebody that would be in my top ten without a shadow of a doubt. You know, yeah. I mean yeah, whether absolutely. we go in, the, I mean, everybody knows what he did. Or yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's allegedly did. I mean, fucking hell, he, he did. You've seen pictures, can't he you? Did Fuck it? Me. It's you know. I, I, yeah. I don't know if anyone's seen the. Uh, well, there's the documentary, and then there's also the one thing that got me. Did, did you know about the book that he wrote? It's no. the book. It's a hypothetical book. Of oh yeah, yeah, of yeah. If I what did it, he yeah. Did if he'd have done yeah. murder? Yeah, it is yeah. fucking nuts. It it's absolutely crazy. And then he even did a, a, a an interview where the woman was talking to him about hypothetically if you did it. <laughs> And he's literally telling you how he did it. 
Mm. But every so often he'll just go, whoa, hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> He's fucking crazy. Yeah. Actually, he's sort of admitting it. And it's, it's his fault we got the Kardashians. Well, you know, I mean, you, you can't have a go at him for everything, can't you? I mean, really. Yeah, I on. will on that. <laughs> Who the fuck yeah, needed the Kardashians? Well, we I, would, I would say, Jack, that's a, that is a bona fide yeah. one that you could put in there without a shadow of a Very good shout, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Have you got any more? Or is that it? Uh, and Mourinho, who, how do you feel, Neil? I guess, Pav, you're not, probably not a fan, but... I'm not a fan. Given he was at Tottenham and but he was also Chelsea, I suppose. Yeah, and, well, I just think he's, uh, just jumps wherever he wants to go. I didn't want him anyway. I I literally think they should have stuck by Poch for a bit longer. Yeah. And I didn't want him. Uh, we had to make the best of what we got when we did get him. I know Pav's a little bit of a fan of Mourinho. Well, the, the one thing about Mourinho was that I always thought after his first stint at Chelsea, I would love him to come to Liverpool. Mm. I think he'd have been tailor-made for Liverpool. And the one thing I was worried about, that when Moyes left um, United... I thought if Mourinho goes in there, then he, he should have got that job. Everybody then, yeah. else is in trouble because I was never yeah. worried about the person that that took over from Alex Ferguson. I knew he was going to fail. It was yeah. going to be the person that took af- uh, over the person that took over from Ferguson. That was the one that I was worried about. Uh, luckily, that hasn't. And long may United be in complete disarray because <laughs> because they've just ballsed everything up. But Mourinho, at that point, I think would have taken United on to a different level. Um, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. He just seems he seems a one trick pony now. He seems to do the same kind of thing every has two or three good seasons and then causes trouble and then has to move on. But I think he's yeah, running out a payoff. Of goes to another yeah. job with a bit he's, more money. He's yeah. running out of places to go, doesn't he? I think that's the thing. But yeah, but he's also he does play the devil's advocate quite a lot as well, doesn't he? I think he does it on purpose. He he likes to play mind games. He always has. Oh, he always has, and he he has got a nasty streak on him as well when he yeah. pokes the yeah. eye that guy on the in the Barcelona, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's no yeah. need for stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but there you go. I think that's another good one. I do. Um, we had uh, some more honourable mentions. Stu Grant said Lance Armstrong, uh, yeah. Vince McMahon, Bruce Grobelar. Lester Piggott, Mike Tyson, Rick Flair, and Nelson PK. Um, Ollie Jenks, hello Ollie, said Gattuso. And at the God of Pod, said Luis Suarez, uh, he makes zombies look tame. He's sunk <laughs> his teeth into three players since 2010. Even kids and untrained puppies thinks Louis needs to chill with the biting. So uh, there you go. Sporting villains, done. Uh, I mean, we didn't have the record of last week of all of us picking the same number one, but there you go. Can happen every time. Can happen every time. Left field one, wasn't it? <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, Jack, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Thank you for calling me a loser. That was very nice. I've never You're had that, um, live on a losers, podcast Jack, before. Eh? We'll, we'll set that podcast up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Jack's number one will be it'll be me I was supposed to show a bit of unity there Jack a bit of oh, that no, we can really stand side by side but no it's it Pav I'm it's, staying with you mate it's never going to work Neil no. you know there are certain there are certain things like magnets you know when they you try and push yeah. them together and they just keep just sticking apart happen, it never happen. happens 
Um, but yes, so we will put the uh, the link to your podcast um, in the show notes. So everybody have a little listen to that. It's uh, a lot of fun. Like I say, the Pat Nevin one was was a lot of fun. I do like listening to him on uh, on the BBC Radio and that. So he's he's a guy that's got a few stories to tell, hasn't he? Or Pat Nevin. Mm. Uh, with that shout out, Neil. Do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins? Of course, I can. You can find us on all the social media sites, whatever they may be. Now, click us at, at ten top ten pods. Give us a like, give us a follow, email us at top10pods at hotmail.com. Please do and let us know what you think. Let us know what you think another top 10 should be. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top10pods. There's all sorts of rewards for you to get your greedy mitts on. And check out all our links via the link tree. You can find the link in the show notes. And please do come click, subscribe and follow our podcast on wherever you get your podcast from. Wonderful. Jack, thank you so much for joining us finally lovely to meet you uh even though it is obviously virtually but it's it's great to meet you neil always a pleasure to see you as always thank you very much pal thank you very much jack thank you very much everybody else for listening and watching and uh let's start the countdown Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 